Welcome to the Parent Hub Live Family Podcast. Our hope is to help and inspire you to parent beyond your capacity. Each week, join us at the table for conversations with special guests, where we'll seek to encourage you to bring your best to parenting, challenge you, and hopefully give you a few insights along the way. Well, hey, welcome to another Parent Hub Family Podcast. Joining Jane Deldner and myself at the table today are Jamie and Naomi Reimer. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us. That's our pleasure. Yeah. Hey, you've been there as a parent. We've certainly been there as a parent. Sleepless nights with a newborn, or maybe it's your ongoing defiant toddler, or maybe a teen who's making poor decisions, or maybe it's on us. Maybe it's our own self-inflicted busyness. But as parents, mm-hmm. we've all been there mm-hmm. yeah. when we're exhausted, mm-hmm. when we're tired. And so today we're going to be talking about how to parent well when exhausted. Because mm-hmm. maybe when we're at our best, like... Parenting is hard, for sure, Mm -hmm. but maybe we make better decisions than at other times. But when we're exhausted, when those emotional reserves are low, we are very prone to poor decisions. Mm -hmm. And so um, we want to talk to Jamie and Naomi today just about uh, some of their story and a bit of their wisdom in how to parent well when exhausted. And so welcome, guys. Thank you. Why don't you share a little bit about uh, your kids, what phase they're in? All right. So we have two girls, um, 10 and 5. Almost 6. Almost 6. Emery will be 6 next month, so we're almost there with her. Um, So we're in a a really kind of nice phase right now where our kids are sleeping. And so, (laughs) yeah, you do feel like your mind is a lot more stable in those phases. Mostly. Yeah, so we are enjoying right in this current phase. I know there's that we're kind of almost in preteen, so that's another phase we're going to have to think about, but I'm trying not to worry about that too much right now. <laughs> I know that'll be another phase of exhaustion, I'm sure, in a whole other way than when our kids were really little. Yeah, that'll bring on a few uh, sleepless nights yeah, as well. Yeah, sure. a worry, so right? Get to sleep while you can, for sure. <laughs> that's right. For sure. Stock up. Why don't you share, uh, share with our listeners your story of exhaustion? Well, we've got two identical stories, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so bo- both our girls, um, for the first probably year and a half, close to two years, um, I don't think I'm stretching that at all, right? Like year and a half for sure, were, um, they're both uh, colicky, uh, had, had reflux. And so what basically all that meant was that sleeping uh, didn't come easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember friends at the time being like, I don't understand. What do you mean your kid doesn't sleep? And it was like, well, they, they sleep. It's just that they need to be held or rocked or bounced or constantly. Constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the first many, many months of their lives, we were, um, the amount of times I, I slept in a rocking chair or on a floor mm-hmm. or, um, we were up, you know, every hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, doing stuff, uh, trying to get a kid back to sleep. Um, yeah, that. Uh, I mean, that's that's the short version. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good. That's a good short version. <laughs> I remember Jamie. I had the privilege of sharing an office with you <laughs> and co-leading our our student environment at the time. And um, it looked like you didn't get mm-hmm. much sleep for several months. Yeah, I think I had a shade of like gray. <laughs> on my face for those months, you know, it was just, it was, it was really, yeah, it was inhumanly exhausting. Yeah. I remember once us having a conversation, Naomi and myself, 
And uh, I mean, again, we're sleep deprived, so you just kind of blurt things out. But I remember one point saying, you know, sleep deprivation is a form of torture, right? Like this is, <laughs> this is why this is so terrible. And uh, yeah, because it, it, was, it was draining and it took, um, I think our, our first time around with Haley, um, we were the first in our, in our friend, friendship mm-hmm. circles to have a kid, mm-hmm. uh, like close friends. Um, and so we just thought that was normal. Mm. We just thought like this is what it is. And I remember this one morning, even it was it was midday actually, and like neither of us has, had eaten. We're still in our pajamas. We haven't showered. And I remember we were talking about like how is there one of her and two of us, and we're so incapable of yeah. this. <laughs> like it was just really. But we but we just thought like I guess this is just normal. Yeah, welcome and, to parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Right. So we learned later that that wasn't necessarily yeah. the norm for everybody. Well, and I think there are on like other people looking at our situation and like, oh my goodness, those poor people. But they never said anything to us, really. Mm -hmm. And so when I was pregnant with my second, um, so many people said to me, oh, don't worry, Naomi, you can never have a kid like Haley. Like, you will not. It's just impossible. She was so terrible. And so this is when you kind of got the empathy a little bit after because people were kind Mm -hmm. of looking on and probably didn't want to say anything because they didn't know how to help because we looked terrible. I remember a friend of ours came over to bring a pizza and and came to visit and he showed up at our door and he took one look at us and he's like, he saw us years later and he's like, you guys looked so terrible. I just had to go. Because you looked like you were dying. And I'm like, well, we might have been. We I literally think, probably were. I think, I, I think that we lost years off of our life. Those, yeah. And that sounds dramatic, but yeah. really when you're in it, that is the thing. And I know like talking with people who've experienced that kind of exhaustion, like they're my people. Yeah. Like you, you have this eye contact moment and you're like, oh, you get it. Like yeah. Yeah. I know because yeah. people who have gone through that and how awful that is. And so thankfully, I think I've gained a sense of empathy for people who have gone through that kind of exhaustion because I, my heart just breaks for them. I'm the one praying for you. Like at this phase of my parenting stage being like, Oh my goodness, how does your kid sleep? Are you doing okay? You know, because of how devastating it was at that current season. Right. Yeah. You kind of lose all sense of reality, don't you? Oh yeah. You're just living on it from emotion to emotion and you're so reactive. There's no, planning yeah. in your parenting yeah. when you're, you're in just that surviving. situation, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so looking back on that, what perspective do you wish that you had or you might want to share with someone else who might be going through that when they're in the midst of that yeah. exhausting, heavy parenting situation? You know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is you're not a failure. Mm. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think for me, when you can't be intentional, like mm-hmm. you're saying, you're reactive. Yeah. You, I, I, you have all these dreams of the kind of mother you're going to be, and you, you're living out of that space. And you think, "This is what I'm going to do this with them, and I'm going to do this with them." But when you're in a state of survival, all of those dreams go out the window, yeah. mm-hmm. and so you're experiencing a loss of who you thought you could be as right. a parent. So first thing you think is, "I'm a failure. Right. I'm a failure as a parent," and that kind of messaging is very like heavy. Like yeah. it is it can really sabotage a lot of your hope for even the future. And yeah. so for me I think to know that this does not mean that you're a failure mm-hmm. and to remember that in those moments when you do feel like that that you are doing a good job. I I um had an experience where in this really awful phase of parenting I was walking I was in a standing in a line at Canadian Tire. I'll never forget this. And I'm standing there in line and there's this woman checking out all of our stuff. And so 
I, I've got my cart. I've got this when Haley was younger. I think she was probably like nine months or something. So she was young. And I think she could tell I was a little frazzled. I probably didn't look very good. And I'm just trying to get something through the line. And she looks at me and she says, look at me. And like, what, what checkout does lady that? does yeah. that? And so I looked at her and she's like, you're doing a really good job. And I was like, what? Like, it took me aback. She looked looked at me again. She said, no, you're doing a really good job. And I will never forget that because in that moment, I was living in failure. I was living in, I'm I'm not a good mother. And yet that woman, I feel like it was a God moment, to be honest. I'm like, well, thank you, Jesus, for that. Was there an angel? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Maybe. No, really. It felt like that kind of thing. So I think for her to say that Mm -hmm. to me was basically like, you're not a failure. You're doing a good job, even though you're in the survival phase right now. When I think that, like that not only pertains to the the parents who have a you know newborn who can't sleep, yeah. but also to like you know a parent of a defiant toddler yes. that mm-hmm. is trying everything right to make this child listen, yes. follow instruction, yes. and, and as as well to the parent uh, of a teen who's yep. just trying to figure out why are you making so many poor choices mm-hmm. and can't sleep. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I I like that a lot actually because um, like what Naomi's sharing is is so good like. The, make such a difference but I know um, like when we've talked about this with other people too and just to to give you my my answer to the question is the sense of like inviting people in like asking for help mm. yes. right and right. and not feeling like well I'm the parent I have to know all this mm-hmm. I have to get it all done and uh, it was it was a big deal for us with with both our girls having having um, friends in our home church and friends outside our home church actually uh, connected somewhat mm-hmm. with us, um, mm-hmm. care for us, um, and and that can be hard too. Like I remember one time having um, Emery at our at our home church. And uh, someone asked to, to hold her. And I remember thinking, I'm like, why don't you think I can do this? Like, why do you want to, <laughs> right? And, and again, I was sleep deprived. I was like a little, right. a little emotionally bare. <laughs> Even though and, I was like, uh, not doing it but, very well. But yeah, but, but people are, are wanting and uh, wanting to help and, and trying to help. And, uh, you know, you, you want the right kind of people, people you trust, people that, that know you and, and are more about caring for you than telling you how to do it the right way mm-hmm. necessarily. But yeah, the same thing with toddlers or teenagers, like, I can just imagine, you know, the need for having other people involved in that and yeah, not feeling sure. like oh, I'm on my own. Mm-hmm. I got, I just got to do this instead of saying, I'm, I'm not sure right now. I feel like I'm doing everything I can, but could really use some backup. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a big deal for us. Yeah. And that that's not like another thing for a failure. If you need help, it doesn't mean you fail yeah. as a parent. No. We actually need each other yeah. so mm-hmm. much and we're wired that way. And I think the blessing of that was these people actually, I, I, I think the relationships that we build built under that really stressful time was actually very spiritually um, transformative for both of us, where we learned what it was like to actually come alongside someone mm-hmm. as Jesus might yeah. be a comforter, you know, and we, mm-hmm. we experienced True. his comfort in real life, in real yeah. time, in an actual experience. And I think now we've learned how to do that for someone else, yeah, exactly. for real, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. So, I mean, they would bring us meals, yeah. they would, you know, sometimes just take Haley, and yeah. so we could just sort of... Maybe, I don't Sleep. know. Or yeah. I'm not even, just have one less person. I don't know. Yeah. Like it, was, yeah. Yeah. it was very, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, sure. talk about, we talk about that each parent has a kind of a, kind of a limit to their capacity, yeah. what they can do, what they mm. can take, right? right? And that if you want to increase that, you need to widen your circle, right? right? You need to invite other people in wow. to increase your capacity. Mm-hmm. And just thinking of, of Jesus, right? Like our Lord and Savior, yeah. God in the flesh, <laughs> right? Like at his moment of exhaustion, what did he do? Yeah. 
Like he invited his close friends beside him yes. mm-hmm. into yes. that moment to journey with him, to help him through. Yeah. Right. Now it didn't help that they fell asleep. No, it's true. Right? It's about, <laughs> they were a bit tired. There too. was still the invitation. The, right? the yeah. intention there was good. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. Mm, absolutely. Now think about uh, what strategies would you give? So we, we, we talked about, you know, uh, when some of that self-exhaustion is not self-inflicted, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. when it's your child who can't sleep or, you know, yeah. defiant toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about when that exhaustion is self-inflicted, right? When, when, uh, when it's just a hectic schedule, all in the name of good parenting. Mm-hmm. We're out three, four nights a week, taking our child here, there. We're, in, we're, in, you know, we're involved in a lot of different things mm-hmm. and we're just oh, feeling yeah. tired, yeah. What sort of strategies would he say to the parent that, that thinks, I've just got to keep so busy, keep my son or my daughter and this, that, and everything, because I look around and that's what other parents are doing, right? but I just can't take that anymore. So this is what I, I think is really important just for us or for me especially, is to really understand what your mission is as a family. I think so often our society teaches us what is supposed to be what um, families are supposed to look like. And oftentimes, because our society is very much success, 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 what success looks like in the family unit is how many programs your kids are involved in, how many sports your kids can do. And it's a way of of this, you know, pride and and yeah. this feeling of oh, I've achieved something. And unfortunately, as good as those things can be, I think they quickly move us away from actually the mission of what we desire our home to be about. Right. And I think when we we look at even just what the scriptures tell us and and what Jesus' heart is and what really matters the most yeah. is to be unified together. And we can't be unified together if we're divided right. too much. Yeah. And I think to know. We sacrifice part of our unity as a family when we are pulled in all these different directions. And so we have to decide, I think, as a family, what is most important to me? Is it the success of the world in this way? Or do we really want to have a missional heart together and be unified as one and to protect that? I think that's the hardest thing is to say to say yes to something here means I have to say no to something here and sure. what's sure. worth it for me. And I think if a family can really come together and decide you know, we are together as one. And like for sometimes that, that looks like for us is sometimes our kids might be in a program or something or some sort of, you know, situation. And it might be one of those weeks where it's like, we haven't connected as a family as much as we normally do. And mm-hmm. right now we're just going to have a family games night. And we'll sometimes call that. And our yeah. kids are always so happy. And I think, you know what, this is a way of connecting and realizing like we are more important than programs. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and that this environment that we're creating together is really, really important. Yeah, so it's recognizing the benefits of things like sports or midweek programs or dance or whatever. Yeah, the benefits that they can bring to your son or your daughter. Yeah, right. But also recognizing, okay, like it also can jeopardize some of the things that we're trying to do—the health and the rhythm of our home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. I think it must be so challenging. Like we we have two kids, right? But we we have friends (laughs) and family that have three and four and five, right? Like, and when you have like that many, it's like. It's like, man, like life is life service. is going to get busy. You, you become a taxi service, and and I can only imagine, like it's it's a challenge because yeah, you want to make great decisions for your kids, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, being willing to say no to certain things for for some potentially or hopefully better things is is a, is a real challenge. Like I, I just find some tension for us in thinking I only have to think about a family of four, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. how much more complex that gets with with mm-hmm. and I, um, and so I just. 
yeah, my heart in some ways goes out. I, I marvel at, at families that can do that. Uh, single parents who <laughs> oh, who wow. are, are doing Shout that right, parents, absolutely, yeah. who manage so much and are making like multiple decisions on their own. And so, yeah, it's. But I think I think for me, it's that strategy of of um, kind of like if I look down the road, the kind of family I want us to be, the kind of mm. people I want my kids to be, what, what is it going to take? Is it, is it going to mean sports three or four times a week? Or is it going to mean, you know, the environments I put them in, the, the people they're connecting with, what kind of relationships mm. do I want? So that's, for me, that's a strategy thinking through of, and, and, and I would say too, um, I don't, yeah, just knowing your kids, right? Some of your kids, mm-hmm. they just need more home time. Yeah. Some need more yeah. time outward. And and uh, again, we've only got the two, but there's big differences between the two. Yeah. And uh, like I come from a family of four boys and I know talking to my parents, they're like, my gosh, you guys were all different. Like there was no one set way to parent <laughs> you, right? And and anyone who parents more than one person, they know that already. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not saying anything profound, but it's the strategies become complex there. So there's always going to be those well-meaning people who um, inadvertently say the wrong thing <laughs> to you in really? that time. So uh, if maybe you're not the person who's exhausted, who's listening right now, but you know someone who mm-hmm. is, is there something that someone should say or perhaps shouldn't say to you when you're in that oh, particular uh, state of mind? <laughs> so you know what I felt for me? And I always knew that people were really well-intentioned when they said this, but they would be like, it's just a phase. And I know what that means. That means, don't worry, this isn't going to last forever. But for me, it felt like you just, you're disregarding the, the space I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. I am literally surviving. And you're telling me, oh, it's okay. It's, it's, you're gonna get, it's going to be done. You're going to get you over know? it. So I yeah. feel like the people who leaned in mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, like, tell me about how things are going for you. Mm-hmm. Like, is there something I could do to support you? And who really who decided to like, move into my world, which is uncomfortable right? For someone. Mm -hmm. I think we say, oh, it's just a phase because it makes us feel better. But to be willing to be uncomfortable a little bit with that person and say, you know what, I'm going to actually fight this with you by, you know, maybe, maybe you need a meal or maybe you need someone to check in with you every week and just ask how you're doing, you know, like, so for me, I would feel like (laughs) to ask, how are you, how are you really doing right now? Like, are you okay? And Mm -hmm. to stay, stay clear from the closed kind of things like oh it's just a phase or oh yeah. you'll you know those types of things yeah. that don't welcome any other sort of conversation that don't welcome conversation yes, and exactly that. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think i would add to that um only like don't don't try and solve the problem for the for the people because mm-hmm. um, we all know like if if you're in a crisis you've probably exhausted Try. all your options at this point right <laughs> like you, you've gone through these things so it it was it was it added to the exhaustion when well-meaning people Mm. would tell you their solutions, right? Mm -hmm. And either you'd already tried them or it made no sense (laughs) what they were saying because they don't know your context, right? Like, you know, and they can see that you're tired and they can see, and, uh, and again, they're well-meaning. They, they think they're helping, but just being willing to, instead of offering a solution as if your life is a problem to be solved, just, you know, mm-hmm. if like step in and, and listen and be present and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe it's just spending a few minutes paying attention to, to a person who is in that tired mm-hmm. space, or maybe it's an opportunity to step in and build that friendship or actually do something practical that, mm-hmm. you know, the person who is exhausted is saying, here's what would really make a difference mm-hmm. if you would, right? And, and be willing to, to do that. Um, but that takes relationship. That doesn't just come with, uh, oh, I read in a blog post yeah. once that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, it's you not my life. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
So one of the things that can make parenting at times really exhausting um, is one that it comes out of nowhere, mm-hmm. uh, each each phase that happens, and also that you're not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. So knowing uh, this, what can parents do today? Like I can remember like staying up till two, three in the morning on Christmas Eve wrapping Christmas presents that the kids like ripped apart the next morning and I, you know, haggard and tired because <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Is there something parents can do to prepare for these moments in this time in their lives? Because they're going to come out of nowhere, like they it do, is. right? It does. They come when you're least expecting it. Yep. It's Man, so true. That's a good question. You know what? I think but the first thing that comes to my mind is just to know that these things will happen. I think the hardest thing is the not knowing. And then when they do, we're like, why is this happening? And we're reactionary. But if we know, like, and this isn't like the doom and gloom kind of knowing, but to know there, like this, this will be, there will be hard times right now, but to know, knowing that to enjoy the times you do have where you are in a restful space where you can just look at your kids in their faces with a rested, you know, body (laughs) and be like, right now I'm so happy that you're awake. (laughs) Whereas maybe last year I wasn't happy, you know, like those moments where you're and treasuring those times, because we know these moments with our kids, they go so fast and we are going to have phases again where it gets hard and Mm -hmm. to just really take each day and be thankful for what that is. And I think sometimes in the difficulty of, exhaustion, uh, we lose sight of the fact that there are still good things and we can still be grateful for things. And so a strategy, I guess I would say is, is practice that practice Mm -hmm. just simple um, gratefulness. And that really does, I think, lead to a content spirit and a content heart and to thank God for the things that we can enjoy. But that would be my first, my first thought, I guess. I think I got your, your point is good in the sense of these things come out of nowhere, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they're not unexpected, right? We know we don't know what it's going to be, but right. it's, it's going to come. <laughs> it's going to be something, right? <laughs> right? Which, which in, in some regards, is incredibly disheartening, right? Because it's just this sense of there will be difficulty, there there will be challenge. Um, but I think in in so many other areas of our life. You know, if you if you budget well, you have contingency contingency plans, right? Like if you if you know, hey, we're we're all going to age, so the way that you eat and exercise and whatever is going to help. Like yeah. We have these kind of things. So with with parenting and with relationships, um, I mean, this is this is going to sound um, cliche, I think, but that spiritual relationship, like if you're if you're uh, committed to following Jesus and mm-hmm. making that part of part of your life, part of your relationship mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. when those that chaos gets unleashed in your home, yeah. there's a sense of, yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't wish this on myself, mm-hmm. but it's here. Right. Yeah. But I already know what life with with God is like and I and I know how to invite him into that. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I don't say that because I think it, it somehow, you know, smooths everything over mm-hmm. and, and makes it go quickly. Sometimes those times last a very long time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and we know stories of people where there's there's uh, incredible tragedy. And and I don't want to use God as, as a way of just kind of glossing over that or, or mm-hmm. you know, whitewashing it. But just, um, yeah, being having that that spiritual awareness and that spiritual health as part of our of our rhythm of life yeah. will make a difference in mm-hmm. in those times and i don't mean that it will take them away but it's it's going to impact how we respond and how we feel hopeful despite mm-hmm. the circumstances around us awesome yeah. i think i think with that too like 
I think our culture says to live right up to the margins, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you've got yeah. if you've got spare time, fill it. Right. If you got uh, extra money, spend it, right? And I think when it comes to exhaustion, I think one of the things if so, if we know it's going to happen, we don't know what it is, but we know something's going to come that's going to kind of take those or emotional reserves from us. Mm-hmm. Right. I think one way that you plan for it is to plan in emotional reserves. Yes. Right? Yes. Plan in those margins yes. in your life. Plan in margins in your schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, be well rested. Like take care of yourself yeah. and your yeah. body. Yeah. yeah. Before it happens. Because when it happens, there's gonna be no time right. or there's gonna be no energy to do yeah. that. So already have that kind of built and planned into your your schedule, your routine, your rhythm. Then it's your lifestyle, right? It's your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And so when those times come, yes, it's gonna drain you, yeah. but not deplete you. Yes. Right. It's yeah. like when you're on a plane and they say, you know, please put your over the mouth breathing oh, apparatus yeah. on first yeah, before you right. assist yeah. Yeah. those you're with. Because if you're not, if you can't do it, yeah. your your child can't do it without oh, you. For sure. yeah. It, what you're saying, it, it just makes me think, too, about, like, what society says, right? There's a sense of, I have to be like other people, and realizing, like, you are your own certain person, and so what's going to drain me might not drain Naomi, mm-hmm. or might not mm-hmm. drain another parent, right? And just being willing to say, like, this is the kind of person I'm at, I can grow in that, but I don't have to be, like, my friend or my neighbor or, mm-hmm. you know, perfect Instagram family or whatever else. Right? social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, is it? But, and, and I don't mean that as, yeah, like, don't, it's not, not ignore everyone, but just recognize, like, there are, there, like you said, we all have limits, but mm-hmm. those, that line is going to be different for, for all of us, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, and I think, I think that's been helpful for me is just realizing, like, I don't have nearly as much energy as a lot of people around me mm-hmm. and, and just kind of embracing that and, and not, not as an excuse to be lazy, but just as a way to say, like, how do I build the margins in that I need so that I can, I can give and, and, mm-hmm. and be present with people when it, when it counts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think and we've sort of, we sort of have said this, but also, like, know that, you know, tough times are going to come. Yeah, absolutely. Know that. Yeah. And, and, and as a Christian, know that that's okay. That that's, like you said, like, that doesn't mean you're a failure. That right. doesn't mean you're doing something wrong necessarily. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that... Um, yeah, anything. That that actually means, no, like this is an opportunity for God to prove himself. Yes. This is an opportunity for others to come alongside yes. of you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. To, almost, to, yeah. to almost welcome those. Where mm-hmm. I think, again, in our society, we look at hardship, we look at bad times, right? And we just want to push them away. We want to avoid them at all costs. Totally. But really to see them as opportunities of growth, not only for our children, but for us as a parent yeah. and us as a couple even, Right. Yeah. And uh, so. But, well, I think of the verse right away. In this world, you will have trouble. Right. That's right. But you I will. have overcome the world. And I think God's not being like, well, when you do or if you do, it's like, no, you will. But this is an opportunity for me to show you like what it's going to look like for me to be part of that yeah. difficulty. And I think you're totally right. We are so struggle adverse. So when it happens, we're like, how, how in the world did this happen? You know, and it's like, no, this is part of life. Like you're saying, this is, how can I get over this as quickly as possible? Right. Exactly. The instantaneous. Yeah. Totally. Why is this happening to me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us at the table today and sharing with us your story and, and a bit of wisdom. Um, and I know you guys are around, so if people want to connect with you and chat with you and follow up with you and hear more about your story, they can do that. Uh, and uh, so thank you. This has been another 
Parent Hub Live Family Podcast. Thank you for joining us around the table today. You can access more of our podcasts and show notes wherever you access your favorite podcasts or through the Bethany CC app. See you next week, everyone.